Welcome to Play by Players, an MLSPA podcast. This show is brought to you by the players and is all about the players, both past and present, who have plied their trade in MLS. You'll hear about each player's journey into the game, their careers and life after the game, on the field and off. It's all on the table. Now here's your host, former MLS player, Bobby Boswell. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are uh, joined by uh, one of the more veteran guys in MLS. Uh, he's He's got quite the resume. Um, we won't call it a resume today, but he's, he's definitely put in a great body of work in this league. Um, he's played over 250 professional games in his in MLS career. Um, please welcome to the podcast, Jalil Anibaba. Bobby, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, man. Just, uh, you know, I guess, unfortunately or fortunately, however you're looking at it, um, enjoying, enjoying the downtime during the off season. Yeah, where where are you? Uh, where do you spend your off season? Or is it a little too soon to to make any moves? I'm all over the place, uh, typically. So I'm I'm in Boston now, um, and then I'll uh, head to head back to California in a couple of days and spend some time there, and then maybe kind of pop around to a couple other places before I head back to Nashville. Okay, well, let me be the first to congratulate you on. Uh, I think a season that that nobody expected, uh, especially the way it started. Um, but you guys made a, a heck of a run in the playoffs. I think it's something to be proud of. It definitely surprised. Uh, it, you know, I know that as a player, you don't like looking at what the analysts and the experts are predicting. But uh, okay. I'm willing to bet no one got it right in that regard. So uh, congrats to you. And, and I hope you feel that it was uh, a quite an accomplishment. Yeah, no, thanks. Um, like you said, it was, it was a wild year for us as a club, obviously being an expansion club. Um, but you know, it's a wild year for everybody. So for us to be able to, to kind of hit the ground running in the league is, is something that we're definitely trying to build on and, and we're happy about, you know? Well, and this is the first expansion team you've ever been a part of, right? That you weren't, you were never on an expansion team. Yeah. And I guess my question is, is, do you think that that helped, and by no means was anything about this season normal. And, and I know uh, for those that don't know, the hurricane that hit early on before really the shutdowns with COVID, um, mm-hmm. do you think that being an expansion team, and I, I think there's this idea that you just don't know what to expect, right? And then you have yeah. these crazy things happen. Do, do you think that helped in terms of that mindset uh, with you as an individual? And then uh, do you think it helped bring you guys closer as a team in Nashville? <laughs> It definitely helped bring us closer as a team, un- unfortunately. Um, but we actually had to deal with, you know, so many like very uh, in- influential influential occurrences that were negative, you know, very early on in the season or like, you know, before really the cr- true crux of the season even started. So, yeah, it definitely helped us or forced us, I would say um bond it forced us to bond and you know it was kind of like for us we were just like so badly wanting to play to you know prove who we were and you know actually you know get on the field and and do what we were all brought together to to do really yeah well yeah I think uh I think we see that with time and you know your veteran leadership Dax um you know I'd say Walker's somewhat of of a veteran um you know, y'all, y'all were able to really make some moves and uh, really surprise a lot of people. And I enjoy, I love watching y'all play. I'm a, I'm a fan of, of a lot of the guys on your team, yourself included. So it was fun to watch. And uh, let's, that's kind of where we are now. I want to go all the way back. I want to go back to California in the beginning. Um, let's yep. talk a little bit about uh, how you got started, um, a little bit about your family. Talk to mm-hmm. me a little bit about growing up in, in California as as I understand, you are a basketball and a, a soccer fan. Yep, yep. So growing up, we it was a soccer family. My dad coming from from Nigeria. Um, you know, obviously soccer is is something that he he loves and values very very much. But um, you know, our parents they let us play pretty much all sports except for American football, really. Um, so we played me and when I say we, I mean, me and my, me and my brothers, um, we played baseball, played basketball, um, and obviously soccer. And there's a point in time there where, you know, I was just as serious. 
I was well, I was serious with all sports that I played, but you know, I was probably just as serious and just as um, devoted to to baseball as I was um, soccer. And there's a point in time where I was, I don't know, arguably better at baseball um, than I was at soccer. Um, you know, and then picked up basketball a little bit later, junior high through high school. I played basketball as well. So, um, you know, we grew up um, understanding a lot of life lessons through the lens of sport. And, you know, I think it very much helped helped myself and, and my brothers and our family at large kind of, uh, you know, deal with deal with how how life throws a multitude of good, bad and ugly at you. Um all while having fun on the weekends, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know your dad was your first soccer coach. Did he coach you in the other sports or was it just soccer? Just soccer. Oh, my dad, he, my dad knows like overall sports psychology very, very well, but okay. he like to, Oh no, my dad definitely couldn't have been a baseball coach <laughs> or a, no, like, no, <laughs> like no, um, and not basketball either. But like, he could always, if we were playing, if we were, you know, on the baseball diamond or, you know, on the hardwood floor, he could, he could always give us insight in terms of how to, how to level up, how to be a, a more sound athlete, um, you know, because yeah, again, he, he, he's a soccer guy, but very much understands the psychology of sport and what it takes to, to yeah level up in whatever endeavor you're talking about sports wise. And he, does he, I know, uh, like my dad used to call me after every game, uh, leave a voicemail cause I, I stopped answering after, um, you know, probably six, seven years, but uh, <laughs> it's just, especially if I got a yellow card uh, on a foul in the middle of the field, like it drove him nuts. Like you say, yeah, so, so stupid, but, but I know, uh, your dad as a coach, I'd imagine he, he was talking to you probably either, uh, before or after every game. Does he still do that? Yeah, so I'm the I'm the opposite of you, I guess. I call him after okay. every much. <laughs> and we like, you know, we'll talk about the game, really. And if he like had a training session or whatever it was before he retired, had to work later or whatever, whatever it was, couldn't catch the game. So oh, I'll catch the replay. But almost invariably he's like if we win or something and I call him, he'll like pick up the phone laughing because he like can't wait to talk about it or or whatever. Um, so it's interesting. I guess I never really thought about it this way until now, but like it all stems from like yearning for that similar interaction and conversation that like you would always have in the car with your dad after games, you know? So like, obviously like having cell phones and all that was like my proverbial ride in the car after every game. So, um, yeah, I'll call him and, and we'll chat and, and yeah, it just like helps to put things into perspective when they're going well or or when they're going horribly or they're just kind of blah. So it's 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 cool and it keeps things things fun. And like he still always gives me like fresh perspective on, um, you know, the technical side of the game, the more like, you know, soccer nerdy side, you know how we can all geek yeah. out on yep. football. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, I think it's a way for me to to still always look for ways to improve, um, and it's good to have those things, um, those aspects of life close to you that keep you keep you grounded. Absolutely, no, I, lo I love that. I, I love the family aspect that, that you have, and we'll we'll touch on some of that throughout this interview. Uh, your dad was uh, one, I think, of ten kids. Yeah. Uh, which kind of probably builds the foundation behind the big family that, that you have and, and your siblings. I know that um, there's a lot of stuff out there in the, in the media about you and, and your brother Jamil. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, talk to me a little bit about playing up, you know, as a, as a younger player playing up and, and he, he attributes your success to maybe doing that. I know I am the baby boy of four boys and yeah. I know I, I did that. Um, I really feel like that helped me gain an edge. Do you feel like uh, that natural challenge of trying to just fit in and play with the better talent was, was what excelled you to where you are now? Yeah, you know, without a doubt, like without a doubt. Yeah. So my older brother Jamil is two years older than me and he would play up a year or two typically. Um, so like I, 
I was playing U12 when I was like eight. So like, you know, you, if for me, it was always like, luckily, first and foremost, I had an older brother who would let me tag along. And like, he would always like, Jaleel, come on, let's go, let's do this or whatever. Even like outside of soccer, you know, like hanging out with the, with the homies in the neighborhood. And like, you know, when you're in junior high, he'd let me like take me to high school parties and stuff like that. So like you, as a younger sibling, as, as you, you put it, you know, you, you gain a lot of edges in, in life, you know, you gain a lot of, a lot of the, the competitive edge, the, the technical edge, however, the, the developmental edge, um, when you're around, um, an environment that you're currently like reaching up toward instead of just putting your hand out or reaching down. So I think had I like, I never like, I never dominated when I was a youth, really like I, I was, I was a baller. I could ball. Don't get me wrong. But like, it was never like, let me play my age group so I can like bang in a hat trick every game and just kill it. It was like, let me try to play with, like I was saying, when I was eight, nine, let me try to play with the 12 and 13 year olds and try to mega dude and still be like one of the better players on the field. That's, I think, I think you touched on a good point, right? You weren't seeking uh, approval, you know, by, by dominating your age, you were trying to seek approval by playing up and, and seeking your brother's approval as opposed to, uh, you know, maybe the, the kids that were your age that you knew you could just absolutely dominate. You don't necessarily want to be the best player at an early age. You want to have that chip on your shoulder to, to keep getting better. And then uh, next thing you know, you're, you're an elite class of a player because of you, you never settled for where you were at. For sure. For sure. Well, you, you say you didn't dominate, but uh, I think the, the Gatorade Player of the Year award would argue a little differently. Um, you know, that's <laughs> a pretty, you know, we're going to get into a little bit about California soccer. Um, you know, I think it was the 2006, 2007, Jalil Anibaba, Gatorade Player of the Year for high school. Uh, I looked through, I was just curious because I'm a, uh, I, you say the word nerd a lot. I was a, I'm a nerd for this kind of stuff. Uh, other winners, Steve Terundolo. Um, Adam John, Jordan Harvey, Chris Seitz, Emma Boateng, Kristen Roldan, Abu Denmati. Uh, that's a pretty good, pretty good company to be in from the state of California. Yeah. Uh, well, first and foremost, that was my senior year, so I couldn't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes back to what it goes back yeah. to what you're saying. You finally played your actual age. Yeah. <laughs> but nah, in all seriousness, um, First of all, shout out to Adam John because that's two Davis kids with Gatorade Player of the Year. Um, and but not like it was a. Uh, first of all, I was I was lucky that I came from a soccer city, a soccer town like Davis. Most all kids play soccer at least at one point in time, and like our high school program was very good, and like it was still in that pocket of time where before it was before academy. So, like at you know, when we, we would play in the, our season was in the fall and now they play in the winter. But anyway, during high school soccer season, literally everything froze and shut and shut down. And then, you know, the best kids are playing high school soccer. So it was a very, um, you know, uh, it was a good environment for me to grow. Yeah. I'd imagine being Gatorade player of the year in California, you could have gone anywhere you wanted. Um, you know, you, you spent three years at, at Santa Clara, as you reference, you transfer to UNC. Um, I don't want to get too much into into the the, the college or, or why you transferred or anything like that. Um, I do want to know most. I, I wanted to transfer. This is a true story. I wanted to transfer from FIU in Miami my junior year. I wanted to transfer to Chapel Hill. I wanted to do the same thing you essentially did. Yeah. Um, but my coach wouldn't. You know, I would have had to sit a year out. Did Did you have to do that, or or was was there a, an exclusion in terms of? Or did your coach just let you do it? Yeah, fortunately for me, my transfer wasn't blocked, if you will. So I didn't have to sit out um, a year. Um, and if and if that would have been the case for me, I, my college career would have been over, right? Because um, I was a I was a junior. I left after my junior season. So if I would have had to sit out a year, I would have foregone my senior year. So it wouldn't have been. It literally wouldn't have been possible for me to do both. Um, so. 
yeah um you know chapel hill was chapel hill was great santa clara was was great as well in the sense that like a lot of people assumed that because you transfer from a university that if you could have done it all over again you would have chosen not to go there but that that that's not the case for me if i could have done it all over again even knowing the information that i know i still would have gone to santa clara i still made the right decision um you know but i also made the right decision to transfer sometimes life is is that way you know what i'm saying yeah no for sure i, I like i said i don't uh like for me that was a very interesting time finding myself as a as a young person um you know and, and i i get into that with people that want to get into it but i i know that uh, not everyone wants to open up on those things and and that's fine i think for me the bigger thing i look at was you know, I, my understanding of, of why you left was to go find some success that you, you, you know, prepare yourself for the, the next level. I know you, you had some experience at that level. Now you're at U18 and the U20 national team. The goal is professional soccer. You go to UNC where y'all make the ACC final, you get to the semifinals of the college cup. And, uh, you know, you play with some guys that a lot of guys there that go on to become professionals, uh, guys like Michael Farfan, my guy, Alex Dixon. Those are guys I played with that I, that I love. Um, but you know, you play with these guys and it prepares you and sure enough, you get drafted to, uh, to Chicago. So talk to me a little bit about, uh, reaching that goal and what your mindset was going from your whole goal is to go to Chapel Hill to become a professional Right. Now you're you're drafted to become a professional. What is your mindset going into that? You know, going to Chicago and starting my professional career there was was literally the perfect place for me to to have been drafted and to end up and to start for multiple reasons. I loved the city. I loved um, you know, the locker room, the environment there, um, with the guys, the mix of guys young middle um you know middle in their career but especially the older guys that was where you know i really found um you know a very nurturing environment for a young kid that like just wanted to succeed so it couldn't have been any i couldn't have been at any better better of a situation right out of college well, I, I, uh, I think I, you know, I, and listening to some stuff you did before, you know, coming on, I think I listened to Benny Sal and Ike's uh, thing. And you, <laughs> you, you, you said something that I found really interesting and it was uh, it was a Kalen Carr comment. You were talking mm-hmm. about Logan Paws and different guys that have had a, uh, an effect on you. Mm-hmm. And you said that one of them was Kalen Carr. Oh, and- and I sent Kaylin a message and I have to read you this message because I, I said, Kaylin, someone just described you as a, as a potential role model for their lives. And he, he wrote back, all he wrote back was poor bastard. <laughs> and then I told him it was you. And he said, Corey Gibbs, I think was his main influence. It was a weird time when the fire sadly, uh, well, I don't want to out, you know, who basically, I don't think he liked De Los Cobos, but um, it, it is what it is. And they, I think they lost recently. He, he's El Salvador's coach, and he's got shelled by the national team. Yeah, I saw but that. Anyways, um, he put uh, he put that you were a very mature kid, and you, you were willing to accept any help uh, to go in the right way. And then he says, my favorite part with Kalen, he has a way with words. He says, he was basically a 30-year-old rookie. He ended up giving me career and life advice to get my stuff in order. Of course, to understand like yeah how funny it is maybe to even call Kalen a role model is to know Kalen because he's 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 a one of a kind but like there's no one like him none but it was crazy because I came I got there whatever I'm still like what is going on who's this what's this that and the other like let's just play right but there's all these things like guys have these endorsement deals. What is this? This is definitely, definitely not college. Right. And I saw this young looking dude. I'm like, yo, who's this kid that looks like he's still in high school. (laughs) And it, and I was kind of assuming to myself, like, Oh, he must be like another like rookie or something or, (laughs) but like I knew, but I knew the players that were there and that had done well. So like, I didn't recognize him. Right. So, and they kept calling him like, they didn't call him Kalen 
they were calling him K, K, K. So I thought he was someone else. So I'm thinking like, who is this young guy, you know? And I remember talking to him before. He didn't even say his name. We were like in the back of the bus or something. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, he asked me like, how was maybe Chapel Hill or something to that effect? Exchange it like early exchanges and conversation. And then he said something like, oh, like how, how old are you as a, fr- as a rookie? I said, uh, 22 or whatever. And I was like, how old are you? Thinking he was going to say like, 19. <laughs> He was like, yeah, like I'm 27 or t-. I was like, huh? You're what? <laughs> so, man, the baby, the baby face never fails because he still looks younger than yeah. the rookie coming in today. I was just saying, he still looks like a rookie, and uh, he's just, you know, he's just, he's just tall, gangly, wiry dude, man. Oh. Well, no, I thought that was great, and and you did have a, you know, you did have some very good. Um, those those Chicago teams, especially some of them before you, but there's still some remnants of guys, um, you know, some very good leaders. Um, you know, I always ask guys, it's it's tough to say who all influenced you. I could ask you that in a positive way, and we could we could spend two hours on that, right? I always sure. ask guys, did anyone make it hard on you? I, I suspect I know that you're not a guy that badmouths anybody, um, but I just I'm always curious, you know. Uh, if, if anyone made it hard in terms of, uh, your progression or things that maybe you thought were hard, but they ended up, you know, being beneficial to you in the long run. See, that's what I was saying about Chicago. Nah, because they like the older guy, they protected me. Like, so me and Corey were tight, like, like as if we grew up together or something, but I didn't even know him before I got there and we're still tight like that to this day. But like, he took me under, Logan took me under, uh, Logan Paws, John Conway took me under, um, you know, guys like Patrick Niarco, all them. That so is- like, it, yeah. So like if anyone was any, if anyone like tried to step to me, it was like they were stepping to the veterans on the team. It just never was a thing. It was more so like, all right, Jill, things are going like this you were able to play the first couple of games. Now you got to figure out how to play the next 10 and do well. And then after that, it's like, okay, this is what you need. They were always like kind of teaching me how to level up. So yeah, them guys are, them guys are my foundation. Yeah. I mean, and you, you said it earlier, you played a lot of games and in your time in Chicago from, from day, you know, day two, um, day one, you were, you were the guy and, um, you know, and that's important for, for development, giving you the confidence to know you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I always love pointing out things that, that date people, you know, and, yeah. and I joke around and I say like, my kids watch games that I played in from when I started and they're like, they think something's wrong with the TV because HD didn't <laughs> exist. Uh, you're, you're, you score a banger of a goal, uh, in an open cup game. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I always say like, I'll compliment you and then I'll knock you down. The only problem is that it was so, that, that was so long ago and you're, you're still a lot younger than me, but I, if I can poke fun at a veteran guy, I'm going to poke fun out of it. it. They don't even have a good angle of the goal. And, and you shot from so damn far that the camera guy didn't even think you were shooting the ball. It's just like you shoot it. And then it's just like, there's no way that went in the goal. But um, you know, I think that for me, that was, I think the goal of the year for Chicago, the year that you scored it, um, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you had a lot of success there and it, and it was, uh, it had to have been a, a great experience for you. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It's funny that you mentioned that because, uh, some of the rookies on our team this year actually were like, yo, they came into training one day. They're like, yo, Jalil, like we saw this video of you, like, oh, oh, like, it looked like holding a camcorder and it was like a goal that you scored. And I was like, damn, this is, this is, this is like, they're having the same experience as me when I was young and I was walking into them locker rooms thinking like, dang, some of these guys are just old talking about going their lawn and redoing their deck and all this nonsense, you know? So I I played with Pat Onstad in Houston and Danny, we drafted Danny Cruz and, Pat Onsad was older than Danny Cruz's parents. Yep. That's like, that was like playing with like Marcus Hanneman. And yeah, Lee. exactly. That's, that should be the goal. I think for all players is to play long enough that you could be someone's dad in the locker room. Um, you, you go from Chicago, you, you go to two of arguably the next two teams. Uh, I've got them here. 
I think mm-hmm. this this side here, uh, two of the better places um, to be a to be a player and and from an outsider. I mean, I never played for these clubs, but the fan experience, the professionalism, um, great coaches, great players. Uh, see, I'm talking about the Seattle Sounders and uh, Sporting Kansas City. I call them the Kansas City Wizards because I'm old. But yeah. um, but tell me a little bit. What did you take away from from going to those those big clubs? Not to say Chicago is not a big club, but it's definitely a different animal um, in in Seattle and Kansas City. And, and talk to me what you what you learned from those experiences uh, being there for a year each. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so going from Chicago to Seattle was was great because at the time that I left Chicago, I was, I wasn't trying to get out by any means. I was traded. I literally woke up to a text saying that I was traded to Chicago or to Seattle, but like I was ready for, for, for a new challenge. Um, you know, and that was, that was a very fitting, uh, next location for me and a, and a, and a bigger challenge for me. Um, you know, in that year, we had an amazing year as a club. We barely, we literally missed out on MLS cup by a way goal. Um, yeah, I want a supporter yeah. shield and an open cup, right? Is that, yeah. Um, and we just had like such a deep team. That was the, that was the best team I've been on, um, on paper. Um, okay. you know, our, like our bench would have started on any other team easily um you know and we we had still a very refreshing group though refreshing locker room you had some like extremely big names in that locker room but like we all found a way to like relate to one another and like just you know put good performances together week in and week out and there's a there's a really good mix there's a good mix um so there i learned how to you know, again, level up, like, I don't know, it's kind of, it's very reminiscent to like, even my youth days, like how to, when you think you've, you've hit a pinnacle, strive for more. Right. Um, and it ended up being, um, you know, if it, you know, maybe if it wasn't for like expansion drafts and things like that, I I probably would have stayed in Seattle a little bit longer, but that's just how how it works out, and then yeah. going and adding, to adding a team every year for ten years. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the the trajectory of the league, and then you know via the expansion draft, I I went to I went to Kansas City, which was which was also a good location for me too, because um, you know another like you said another successful club, another um, club that is predicated on, on winning and like building a, a culture that is, um, you know, attractive for the people that live in the, in the Kansas city area, you know? Um, so I, I loved it. I loved the guys. I loved, um, you know, the style of football that, that we played, you know, you know, love playing for Peter. Like it was, it was a great experience and, you know, we were, we were good too. So like, I think for me, coming from Chicago to going to those two clubs, it was like, um, you know, seeing some, seeing, being more a part of, um, you know, success really. Okay. Well, um, you know, I, I'd say one of our rivals in Houston when I played here was always those Kansas city teams. Um, you didn't usually, you know, see guys go back and forth from KC to Houston, Houston to KC, uh, but you do, you end up going to, to Houston, which is, uh, you know, I live in Houston now. I'm a big, uh, you know, love the Brenners and I love the organization. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about Houston. I know we can joke about the heat. I know you have family here. So that was, uh, you know, you talk about being a big yeah. family guy, having, having some family here is always, uh, always going to help you. Um, sure. And I, and, you know, I think you had your most playoff success here as an individual. Yeah. Houston. Well, it's interesting though, just to touch on like the rivalry between Houston and Kansas city, like there's, there are some, there are certain teams that just have like whatever, whether it's a psychological edge that's based on, you know, just like MLS history or what is going on. But like Houston typically has just got something on Kansas city. Like 
I don't know, though, those years where you guys were beating them in the Eastern Conference Finals or, you know, and going to going to the MLS Cup and playing against the Galaxy. Like, I don't know if that scarred Kansas City for from time, but like that rivalry, there's some there's some, you know, the soccer gods are awake when when Kansas City and Houston play. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, Houston for me was was again another situation where like. I, uh, it was completely different. Houston was completely different for me than any other club that I've played for. Like the culture around the club, I enjoyed very much. Um, I like how like a lot of the, the older guys that played for the club previously are like all very much woven into the club. Like guys like yourself, guys like Corey Ash, you know, guys like Chingy, it was cool to be around that. And, um, you know, I was, I was around guys that like, I, uh, you know, I knew just from like being around the league a lot, like Will Bruin and I, we roomed together at the draft and stuff. So like we were, we hit it off again, like super quick. And like, it was, it was an environment where, where I was, I was comfortable pretty, pretty early on. And yeah, we, uh, we made a little run there in 17 um and you know unluckily my former club seattle got the better of us yeah yeah i uh i was at that game um the game in houston uh you know then they're they're a powerhouse team you know and 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 you talk about will bruin uh the he, he seems to love playing against teams that he has a chip on his shoulder that guy finds a way to score um mm-hmm. you know but um all right well i i know uh you end up getting moved to a team you you seem to be really fond of, and, and I haven't. I don't know a lot of people that talk uh, fondly about New England. New England was always a big rival for me as a you know my early days with DC. They were the team that I, I really feel like I should have two two or three championships, uh, and this this team just wrecked uh, wrecked any chance that we had. Um, but talk to me a little bit about going to New England. Yeah, for me. I had this exact same sentiments about New England before I went there. Like I had nothing. I didn't have like any animosity toward like the club or the guys or anything like that, but it was always just like, all right, New England, like, you know, that's like the worst away game to play, you know, like it's. You stay, you stay, for those, for those that don't know, and you might not even know, so it used to be you'd stay in, uh, a, literally a hotel that was like a castle and the only place near it was a TGI Fridays. And then they move you, they move you to the out by the stadium. And if you don't like Toby Keith, which uh, I'm, I like country music. I don't like Toby Keith. Um, and it's, it's one of those where there's nothing to do there other than go to this, this country bar after the game. And, and before the game, it's not like you can go, get a good meal anywhere you have to eat the meal in the hotel because there's literally nothing else you can eat that's that's halfway decent there right right yeah so like like you're like you're saying like I was kind of like when I when I found out that you know I was going to New England I was kind of like all right well this is just gonna be like a a soccer move like hopefully it goes well on the field like let's go type so that was like my mindset really I was just like all right like you know let's go but you know I was very very pleasantly surprised with like my overall experience there um and I went into it you know with with an open mind but it wasn't like I was like oh my god this is amazing but I also wasn't like pissed I wasn't mad about it or anything so you know looking back at my two years there yeah it was it actually was amazing. Like it was amazing. And, um, you know, I really like vibed with, with just like the overall feel, um, the guys, you know, it was, it was real cool. Um, you know, I ended up really loving the city, um, you know, and like where I lived and everything, like it was, it was real cool. And I wasn't, wasn't necessarily expecting that. And, you know, we were able to last season or, two seasons ago, whenever this podcast going to come out, but we, we were able to make like salvage the season in 2018 or 2019, sorry. And 
make a run and we got in the playoffs. Of course, we ended up getting knocked out by Atlanta, but um, it was very much a respectable season um, that we were able to we were able to all be a part of last year. Yeah, and then we we kind of touched on uh, you know Nashville a little bit, but before we go to there, you, you've played on some some teams that um, rival you know we Houston, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Seattle. I mean. Seattle, Portland's probably arguably the best one in the league. New England's got its fair share of, of rivals uh, in that, that pocket of the country. Uh, Chicago, uh, you know, on any given day, they can, they can have different rivals. Um, yeah. what, what teams, like for me, I was always motivated to, like, I, Red Bulls, I just, uh, I don't care. Uh, the world could be ending, and if I can take a cheap shot on the, on the way out, like I'm, I'm doing it, you know? Um, like that's, that's, that's where I choose to put my animosity. Um, uh, but I mean, do you have, do you have any teams, any games that when the, when the schedule comes out, you circle them on your calendar and you say like, you know, if I'm, if I'm healthy and I'm available for that game, like I'm, I'm bringing it, uh, especially on that game. Yeah. For me, there, there are five games on every, well, at least five teams on each given year that I'm, it's like not necessarily a rival, but yeah, to that, like I'm up for, and those are the teams that I, I used to play for. Cause okay. you all want to, um, you know, you, there's just something intrinsic about playing your, your former club where there's extra level of motivation. Right. And that like never goes away. Like I still feel the same way about, you know, playing against, you know, Chicago, or because or Seattle or is, whatever. Is it irrelevant if the coaches that were there or the GMs that were there are gone? Uh, meaning, do you just it doesn't matter for you, or or does that it, have does that have some impact? Yeah, it it does have impact because there's levels to it. So there it does have impact, but it's always like so. There was a there's a time in Chicago where in the last couple of years where like pretty much nobody that I worked with was was with the club. And like, so it what it did it wouldn't have meant as much to me to play against Chicago in two thousand and eighteen ish as it would to play against Kansas City, for example, or something like that. But it's always it kind of like the soccer world's small, so it ebbs and flows. And now, like with Klopas being back in with the technical staff at Chicago, like it kind of reinvigorates some of that um motivation to do well because Klopas was the GM when I was drafted at Chicago. He drafted me. So like, you know, when we played them recently, um, you know, I'm just like chopping it up with him before the game and like talking about how crazy it's been that this is, you know, where here we are 10, 10, 11 years in the future. So it it always um yeah, the so- the soccer world's small, but you know, you also too are thinking about like the fans that used to cheer for you and you played for them, you want to put a good product against them as well. It's, it's, you, you know how it is like playing against your former club. There's nothing, there's nothing like it. And you definitely want to, to put your best foot forward, but this oh, isn't, you know, fun. you're preaching to the choir, man. I, I know that I, I'm, I always just said, I didn't want to end up on a locker room board for motivating the other team, but I'm as, and the team huddles, I'm as petty as they come, man. And, and, you know, I playing, always, you, it's impossible for you, for you to have been playing in games and teams weren't like, no, nah, Bobby Boswell is one of our main motivating factors to beat these. Like, <laughs> no, like you, you, and you already know you portrayed yourself as like, nah, the thorn in everybody's backside. So we were yeah. all into well, games. I, I was I, my motivation, and I knew I knew where every player on the team had been, and where you know I would always ask a guy, "Hey, man, we're we're playing, uh, you know, we're playing your old team this week. What do you think?" You know, and it's like, and then that would be my speech in the pregame, like, "Hey, Jaleel, this mean let's go get this W for not just ourselves, but let's stick it to these guys for this guy." And it was amazing how guys wrapped because everyone has had that right. Everyone's been traded when they didn't want to be traded or you know it's a it's a slap in the face to a, an athlete and a, a professional that when they get moved on because it's 
it's just, it is what it is, but they're like, oh, it's business. But it's like, yeah, it's a little more than business for me, you know? So I knew how to motivate my guys and, and I used it for myself. And, um, I, you know, like for me, I, I say guys, when they score against their old teams, like I celebrate it. And I think everyone should celebrate. And I get why guys don't. I get it. But at the same time, you've walked into stadiums where you played and you left all of it out there and you had some guy tell you, you suck. Or I've had people tell me, like, I hope you die and burn in hell. And, and right. you know, it's like, OK, well, you know, don't feel bad when I say, you know, don't don't be mad at me when I go and celebrate when we win this game. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it all comes back to the fact that, like, you know, like sometimes people forget that, like, the people that are playing these games and entertaining people and, you know, obviously, you know, putting a lot into like the craft, they're human beings though. So like uh, that, that is kind of like to be a part of like fan culture or like, and we're all parts of fan culture, even the people that play, like it is in a way to put aside the fact that these are real people. Right. So like, a lot of times it's not really accounted for when like guys are, you know, either traded or like they, yeah, like that means you got to move your, if it's, even if it's just yourself, you got to call your parents and be, Hey, so now I'm doing this. And then they start worrying about you and all these other things. So there's always, there's a, there's a multitude of backstories behind all these, all these types of things. And it hits people in different ways, but, but yeah, everybody wants to beat their old team. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I just was curious if anything, you know, I love, I love your answer. I love that it's five game, five teams. Um, Cause that's, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I guarantee you I'm a lot more petty than you are with that stuff. And, and, and I, I, I think it's refreshing when guys embrace that and, um, and they use it as motivation because that, that's what it should be in my opinion. Let's, uh, yeah. let's, I'm going to speed it up. Um, I wanted yeah. to talk a little bit about how di- uh, diverse you are off the field. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I know that you cut guys' hair in the locker room. Like you, you've got the you're you're a barber. You charging these guys for for the skills or? or? Yeah, free ninety nine all day. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, that's that's good. Um, we talk a little bit about your time in Houston. When did you? I know you you're very. Uh, I think you're trilingual. Is that right? Or you you speak multiple languages? Yeah. Do you feel like uh, obviously Spanish? It's got to be. <laughs> I mean, I, I speak a little Spanish. I, I can't imagine playing in a league now and not speaking Spanish just with how many Real. guys um, and coaches and and staff. And uh, I think it's the, the language of the future in terms of uh, this country. But, um, you know, tell me, does that do you feel like learning that language has been uh, very beneficial for your relationships with with your soccer skills? Everyone knows how it is. Like when you have like a group of the Spanish guys on the team, like people are kind of like, Oh, okay. Like someone tell the Spanish guys like this, that, and the other or whatever. But like when you can like sit down and like talk to them and like get to know them, you come to understand like, Oh, this guy that I thought was like, you know, grumpy all the time or like maybe had a bad attitude is like hella funny. Or like this guy that like, you know, always seems to like never take anything serious is like one of the most serious and (laughs) guys like you could ever know. So like for that, like, and then I guess, yeah, that does help your soccer skills if you can understand your teammates a little bit better, but it's really helped like understand culture and, you know, you just getting into like interesting, like conversations with like guys like, Ozzy Alonzo about like his experiences and back home and in Cuba and whatnot. And of course he speaks perfect English. So we would always speak English, but like I was a lot more, I was a lot closer to those of the Spanish guys on the team in Seattle because I could speak Spanish. Right. So like, it's, it's It's a kind of respect. Yeah. You took the time and effort to learn it and, you know, I think that's the way the league is starting to go. It used to be they would try to teach those guys English, but now they've realized it, it's just as beneficial. And, and I think there's more guys that want to learn Spanish in a locker room than there are guys that they're forcing them to try to learn English. So I, 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 when I say soccer skills, I just meant it helps your relationship with your teammates. Um, it helps your relationship on the field because it's helped your relationship off the field. For sure. For sure. All right. And then uh, we talk about a lot of these guys. Um, 
you're uh, you're you're quite the fashion. I don't even. I, I'm so bad at fashion. I don't even know the word for is it fashion <laughs> fashionista. Uh, I, I mean, I know you you helped design a uh, uh, an armband this year for your for your captain Dax McCarty. Um, I know that you've been featured in a lot of uh, blogs and and some magazines. Um, you know, my question is is as a guy that has a really good fashion sense. And and before I ask this question, how many pairs of shoes do you own? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Well, you think I, I don't know. Like like I don't know how many I own, but it's probably like fifteen pairs. Like you don't know, and it's more like. Uh, so I don't know because I I don't count them. Like there's a lot. I'm not trying to say that. Like I don't know. Like let I me mean, give is, you- is, is it over a hundred? Huh? Is it over a hundred? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not judging probably, Listen, no, I, probably yeah I, I would imagine I mean, so but let me put this in perspective <laughs> so i've been with nike for 10 years for my entire career up to this point right so 10 seasons and like so if you think about it a hundred pair of sneakers is not that much because and I have more than 100 but like it it's not <laughs> it's not that much because it would be 10 pairs of sneakers a year about right no, so no, i'm not judging and, and the, I, I, listen if i had style uh, and i y- y- go look at when i if i post a picture of myself with like <laughs> i think something is stylish you watch I, I get like 20 or 30 former players will say like oh hey when are you running for senate or like they just <laughs> they, they dog me right so i'm i'm i wish i had your fashion sense and your style what i want to know is in every locker room, you have to probably be one of the best dressed guys. Would you Would you agree with that? Uh, I I don't you're, know. You're about too humble. That, you're, yeah, I have. Yeah, my fashion is my this my sense for what looks good is is sound. And and do you do you dog the other guys? Meaning, like if uh, if the RGs come in in their jean shorts with holes uh, all over them, or 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 a guy like me comes in with um, you know a pair of baggy, not tight jeans, and you know, are you are you give those guys a hard time, or are you just you letting them slide? Absolutely, and that is that's less to do. That's less to do with what I actually wear than more so like the environment that I came up in. Okay. So when I in Chicago, right? Log, Logan never wore pause. He never wore sweats. It was jeans and some type of nice presentable top jacket, scarf every day. And I, you know, one day, like, like I said, okay, I'm a rookie. I got my Nike contract. I'm gonna wear my Nike sweats, this, that, and the other. Logan was like, Jalil, yeah, your Nike sweats are nice, but this is work. And like, but he's serious. He's serious though. He's not like being an asshole or anything like that. He's serious. And he's like, look, uh, and I'm like, yeah, but Logan, like this, this sweatsuit is, is fresh, you know? And it was, don't get me wrong. But like his, his point was that this is where, this is where our live, our, this is, this is our livelihood. So the way this, the amount of seriousness that you bring to this is what you're going to get out of it is what his point was. And he was like, and he wouldn't just like chastise you, talk to you, talk you through it, you know? And he's like, look, like, what does your dad wear to work every day? My dad wears a suit and tie slacks, you know, bow tie, nice cut clean. I'm like, yeah, he wears a clean suit every day. It's like, okay. So what business do you have wearing sweats to work every day? So now, so for the rest of my career, I've been clowning rookies that wear, if you wear like college sweats or something, I'm killing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Listen, I make fun of people for everything. I mean, for me, Logan, Logan has to dress that way because Logan had a full head of white hair at 27 (laughs) years old. And listen, you can see I'm going, I'm going white completely. So I I understand where he's coming from. It's really hard. You know, like I wear shirts like this to make me look younger when no one thinks I'm young anymore. So I get it. I get, I just, you know, I think as a fashion guy, um, you know, I, I would love, you know, I'd love to see uh, or hear about you, you clowning some guys that, like you said, they get, they get drafted from the university of Maryland and they wear their full track suit on the first week as if, 
as if anyone in the locker room cares that they went to the University of Maryland. I, I do want to switch it up a little bit. I know um, I know we're having some fun, but I do want to talk a little bit about your role with Black Players for Change. Um, sure. it's, it's a very important role. Uh, it's very important with what you guys are doing. Uh, talk to me um, a little bit about uh, what's going on, what's, what your plans are for the offseason, and, and where you see this, this going long-term. Yeah, um, first and foremost, I think long-term is, is the most important thing you said there in, in relation to BPC. Um, you know, we set up an organization and a cause and a, um, you know, a brotherhood of solidarity that, like, is, is built for the long-term. Um, you know, obviously we founded it this summer and, you know, we're, we're laying the groundwork for, for it to be long-term, but, um, you know, that's, that's really what's most important for us, for it to be something that, you know, is, is simply just part of the league and is, you know, synonymous with, with MLS is synonymous with, you know, the PA it's synonymous with, you know, stadiums in the league. It's just part of the league you know, um, and it's, 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 uh, it's something that, you know, I think, um, has, has in its short time really shaped, um, the culture of our league for the better and like just broadened the perspective and, and the awareness. And, you know, even for us, um, that are part of the BPC, it's actually, um, you know, given us a platform to support other people as well when they're, when they're in need throughout the soccer community. So, so it's, uh, it's been very refreshing to be a part of, it's been a lot of hard work, um, but something that, you know, um, a lot of people throughout the entire league have, have really helped to, to, uh, to, to make what it, what it's become in such a short time. And that's not just, um, throughout the black community in the league it's it's permeated through through the entire league um through all facets of life i would say yeah and, and i would challenge uh, the listeners if you haven't already um he, he you know jalil's on the board uh, they did an interview the board did an interview with uh, the athletic and it's probably i know a lot of people um they're saying, Oh, I want to learn more. Or like, you know, I don't know what my, my biases are. I don't really, or some people say, I don't understand. I don't think it's, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand how I'm supposed to feel, or I don't understand how anyone of color feels. Um, I, I would challenge you to go read that athletic article and you can really see, you know, as a soccer fan, how it, it'll affect people. And then as a human, um, how it affects everybody. Um, and I think that's a really good starting point for a lot of people that um, if, if they're looking for somewhere to start, that article is so well done. You guys are so well-spoken um, and you can tell it means a, a lot to you guys. And it's, it's something where uh, it's, it's been around and, and you're finding a way to, to let everyone know uh, how you feel. And so, um, you know, I don't know if, I, I don't know if you have a response to that, but that's just something that uh, in the course of, of reading up on things myself, I thought that article was, was really powerful. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm glad to hear that, um, you know, it, it sat with you in that way. I think, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been, it's been, a an amazing experience for us just to see how, um, so many people in connection with the league have responded in such a positive way, because of course, when you're dealing with things um, internally as an individual, and then you're in dealing, you're still dealing with things internally as, as a group of minorities. And like, you're trying to, to sort through all of your feelings and, you know, emotions and, you know, what, how to make sense of it all while still being, you know, um, you know, tailored and buttoned up and, and, and all of these types of things, it's, you don't, when we devised our plans in terms of, okay, this is what we want to do strategically. This is how we want things to hit. You still have no idea what people are going to say or what they're going to do or how they're going to respond to it. So to, to get the type of feedback like that, that we've been getting, um, not across the board, of course, obviously, but like where it counts, 
I would say. Um, that's, that's like all anyone is asking for. Well, I think that's, like I said, awesome, awesome work that you guys are doing. I look forward to, to following more on that. Um, yeah. I know you said you don't want to uh, put anything out in the world uh, in terms of goals or anything like that. But we've just we've talked about how talented you are on the field, um, how talented you are off the field with with some of your hobbies and, and some of your passions. Um, what, what's what's next for you? I know you're still playing, but what, what's your do you have a you know, what, what can people expect from you off the field in terms of uh, your life goals going forward? I've always wanted to play as long as like it still like the passion of playing matches up with when I started and like I still like it's I still get giddy like when the season's about to start and like so like when that goes away then that's when I'll know it's time um but can I interrupt you there I I, I didn't touch on this earlier but I you had a quote that I love and I'm stealing it. Um, you said it was, uh, someone told you this, a coach, uh, protect your love for the game. And yeah. I, feel like, I feel like you do that really well. Uh, who, who said that? And, and do you agree that maybe that's what's kind of influenced this, uh, this attitude that you carry with you? Yeah. My dad says that. Okay. All- okay. Um, and yeah, for sure. I think like it's definitely, like shaped my career and made it into what it's what it's becoming i think like because anyone that's played a sport for a living so let's just keep it in our sport anyone that's played football for a living knows that you have to be intentional about it because as much as you love playing as much as you love soccer as much as we love everything about it there are times where you do not want to play there are times where you do not, um, you know, you aren't experiencing, you know, positive reinforcement from the sources you feel like you need to get them from or whatever. And it's just like, yo, like this actually sucks. Like this is terrible. But like, if you're, if you're intentionally protecting your, even yourself, cause you have to protect yourself from becoming hardened and jaded and losing sight of like why you do you do what you do because that's probably the easiest thing to do once you become a professional player and like you experience certain negative things it's like you can easily lose like why you're really doing this why does it make you whole right so yeah my dad always say my dad and my older brother Jamil, but that quotes from my that's from my pops though yeah like, no, it's, it, it's so true especially as as you know you i think you have a long a long playing career ahead of you but it's you've you've seen guys do it you get older and um you know you, you're not as uh people treat you differently like you said you're 25 you can't do what you did when you're 20 you know you're 35 you can't do what you were you did when you were 28 um and and if you don't protect that love you, you know you forget that you started this because you love the game and that's uh that was powerful for me so i i really uh I, i'm glad i i'm glad you gave me a segue to that because I, I didn't ask it earlier um let's wrap this thing up um yeah. you're on instagram i love i love uh some of the posts you have on instagram to, you know where can people follow you um yeah. outside you know the people that are uh either seeing your name again or people that are, are hearing from you for the first time new nashville fans uh what's what's your social handles all my handles are are the same jaleel underscore any baba uh four i uh i'm excited for you know one the country to open back up so we can see see you do some of those things um you know i know that we were fortunate to have soccer this year and being able to watch watch the games was a was a blessing um appreciate you i think a lot of people know you're a, a a really uh energetic great defender in this league but hopefully this shows them that you're uh, an even better guy off the field i know you're a locker room favorite of anyone that's ever played with you so um you know i hope you i hope you keep that same passion that we talked about and protect your love for the game because guys like me uh we miss it and i i just really appreciate you and and appreciate you coming on the uh, the podcast today 
Yeah, always, man. Always, Bobby. It was a pleasure um, tonight. And it was a pleasure, too, all the years playing against each other. And unfortunately, we missed each other in Houston. But, you know, just want to let you know, I always have mad respect for you from one center back to another. I appreciate that. Well, uh, have a good one. That's Jalil Annie, Bobby, everybody. Um, you know, I hope you uh, I hope you check him out off the field. And, and obviously, you'll watch him on the field. Thank you for listening to Play by Players. Visit playbyplayerspod.com for more episodes or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a production of the MLSPA. Learn more at mlsplayers.org.